Last week, we discussed the success of the Varsity Rocket League team qualifying for CRL, Collegiate Rocket League. This week, I want to continue the conversation of the Rocket League team, my esports job, uh, my job as a coach, and some of the successes along the way, maybe some of the failures as well, and get a little bit deeper into what I want to do as a coach, who I want to be as a coach, uh, as a, I wouldn't say entrepreneur, but as a business owner or a director of a program, uh, and how I want to be perceived. I originally wrote a script, and uh, I've updated it since then, because today was also another day that I want to talk about a little bit, but let's get back to the main point. Hello, and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Tavian the Philosopher Napier, and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. We do that by talking about topics that matter and that are going to help us all level up inside and outside the virtual arena. Be better people, be better players, be better thinkers, whatever it may be. In this episode, I want to continue that conversation, as I said before, about being an esports coach in particular and my style of coaching and, and working versus maybe other people or, you know, what I want to do, do I want to innovate, those sort of things. Before we get into the main topic, let's talk about some updates that I think are important to talk about. In previous episodes, I've talked about my health, and I feel this week has been a little bit of a struggle in regards to my success. As of recording this, this Wednesday evening, and I would say that I've had a lot of career success recently, uh, but in the fitness category, it's been somewhat frustrating. As you all know, I'm on a journey to improve myself uh, yet again. I was much healthier when I was younger in my mid-20s to late 30s. But during the time of the pandemic and shortly before that, I got a little bit comfortable and stopped being consistent with my working out. I would also say that, you know, having a kid, buying a house and having a career job were all things that took up attention. And then you slap on the pandemic with a newborn and a new house uh, and losing your job. My health was not my biggest concern. Learning how to provide for my family in this new environment was my main concern. But now, I'm in a place where I'm comfortable financially. I'm not rich, you know? I still have bills to pay, I still have debt, but I'm paying it off, uh, and I'm not hurting for money like I was during the pandemic. I also, as mentioned before, have access to multiple gyms, have a treadmill at home, I have a decent space to do cardio and exercises, and I've been doing those, but not regularly. And this gets into the bigger conversation of organization that I've talked about many a times but we'll save that for another day. Due to circumstances outside of my control, the server on campus has been down, so some of the servers haven't been accessible. Some of the services for the staff members, they don't have access to certain things, and we found out today that it's probably going to be another eight days before they have full access. Now, for me, it doesn't really affect me too much, but it does affect the software that my potential trainers use, so they can't really access all their stuff right now. Uh, they're also putting out fires. So in the meantime, I talked about my plan B, which was going back to my workout routine. That's my plan for right now, uh, is finding that, putting it into my calendar, and making sure I go do those things. That's my current goal now. So it's changed a little bit, uh, because my plan B is now my plan A, and my plan A is now my plan B for whenever that becomes a thing. But my biggest thing is conditioning myself to expect to work out, to do that on a daily basis. Right now, it's like my body wants to move and wants to exercise, but I don't ever fully uh, get into that gear. And I need to work out 
uh, for one reason in particular that I think maybe it'll help other people. If you're like me, when you work out, your mindset and your energy, your overall mental shifts. Now, my mind is very active. I have a tendency to want to multitask, and I've been recently getting away from that. Uh, and I find that when I've worked out recently versus when I haven't, it's easier for me to maintain focus on what I'm doing without my mind wandering or having the desire to look at something else. Unfortunately or fortunately, a part of my job is using Discord and social media to you know, continue to build relationships, to market our stuff. Uh, so I'm around those programs a lot. And those two in particular, among many other things, uh, are very distracting if you don't control that. So I've had to learn to kind of get blocks of time where I will check certain things, just like email, right? I think it's unproductive to always be having your mailbox open, always having your mailbox open. I don't think that's really healthy because you'll get distracted by some sort of email. And it's not always an emergency. It just feels like it's an emergency or very urgent, when in fact, it may not be super urgent compared to other things you could be doing. So you kind of combine all that uh, to get to the main point. When I exercise, it's like I prime my brain to be able to focus on specific things. I, I love physical exercise. I love exercise because it helps me become aware of my, my now. It's hard to find the right word. Everyone has different words for it. Uh, but to be present, to have consciousness on what I'm doing, to be focused, to be disciplined with my mental, whatever you want to call it, uh, when I'm working out, there's a sense of self-preservation that's higher because um, one, I used to do martial arts and my sensei was more physical. So like there was situations and I'm, I'm not judging it one way or the other. I'm fine with it. I'm not like scarred with it, but you know, your sensei would hit you if you're not doing things properly in certain circumstances that might be messed up. But in this circumstance, it just motivated me to make sure I was doing my best. I could always quit. But my point is that fear of physical harm is in some ways healthy because even if you're doing like weightlifting or yoga or any sort of exercise, you can injure yourself if your form isn't correct. So self-preservation is still important. It's important to be present so that you don't mess up your body, injure yourself, you know, uh, permanently or temporarily. So I, I like having that sense of focus. It's hard to replicate that without that actual sense of urgency of physical harm, bodily harm, whatever you want to call it. So that lingers into other activities. And since I haven't been working out consistently, I've seen a decline in my level of focus, I'll call it. So I'm very, very motivated because my job requires me to be focused a lot in creating these documents or, or writing these budget plans, um, tournament structures, work processes, pricing structures, all, all these things and this information that I have to relay. I have to be very cohesive and present in making sure that like I'm proofreading all the things all the time. Like I have to be in a certain kind of level of discipline all the time. Uh, it's really easy to let, you know, some typos or um, wrong number slip through the cracks when you're not super duper focused. So that is the overall idea on that. Uh, I'm also working on getting healthy. I actually had a, had a meeting with uh, like a dietitian going to get some feedback on eating habits and things of that nature. So kind of like a work study. Uh, so I'm utilizing those resources. So I'm working on that dietary, that, that nutrition level. I want to make sure I'm eating better so my mind also works better. In case you don't know, certain foods can boost mental 
acuteness or, or productivity, similar to, you know, caffeine, not in the same way, but the right vitamins, the right nutrients, they can make you think better or help you think better, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation, but learning what motivates your body to be healthier or function better uh, is something I encourage. So that's what I'm learning as a 35-year-old with this, this body that's kind of new to me, unhealthy, uh, not super physical fit, like I'm used to being able to, to do things all the time. I'm not there anymore, and I have to accept where I'm at now, work on that, including nutrition, including the exercise, uh, including the meditation or mental practices to be able to continue doing my best. For those of you who know me, you know I'm on a similar journey when it comes to keeping track of my progress. I already alluded to this with talking about the processes and things, but you know, on top of being focused, it's also important for me to learn to be organized with a multitude of things. So my physical workspace, right? I work in an arena. I have production hardware and software and everything. So not just physically, but also digitally. Our folder structure, how we have our programs installed, our storage system. You know, that's just one example of many different concepts that I have to make sure I'm managing. And the more organized I am and the more I am aware of my, my format, the easier it's going to be for me to find the information that I need to find and do it quickly. Right now, I'm not where I want to be with that. I'm realizing more and more the importance of it. And I actually had a great conversation with my boss earlier today, uh, right before this recording. And a big part of it is that I want to get better at this kind of stuff. And he was there to help me out, gave me some feedback, talked me through it, uh, very supportive, and trying to strategize on what I need to do to make sure that I'm doing the important bits. Because there's a lot of different jobs that I have to wear, a lot of different hats that I have to wear. My boss is aware of that. He understands that. Um, and he's trying to help me through that. Uh, I don't think I'm unique in the sense of wearing multiple hats. I think that he probably does the same thing. I know he does the same thing based off of what his duties are and watching him do his job. Uh, similarly, many other people in that same department, they wear multiple hats, but uh, my job is a little bit more unique. So I'm learning kind of two areas, right? There's a university slash student recreation because I'm working under a new department. They operate different from the other two departments that I've worked with. Uh, but I'm also continuing to learn and innovate and improve the esports side of things. That includes coaching, production, planning, organizing the events, all of that kind of stuff. The administrative side of things is way different and more involved. And actually, I think good is just that I'm not used to it yet. And as such, I don't have any processes in place for storing information, for creating information or relaying things. Uh, and I'm learning their format. That's where I'm currently at with that. And uh, I'm glad I had this conversation because I think this topic was going to be a little bit more negative originally. But, you know, having another person to talk to and work through this and express my, my frustration with that area of my job, it's helpful having that talked out and seeing, like, what, what can you do? Here's the important things to be aware of from my point of view. Here's what I see you doing, you know, versus what could be done. Those sort of things are very helpful. So I would encourage people to make sure that they're being open to feedback, not only from themselves, but from other people who uh, can remain as objective as possible. Uh, that's what I'm currently doing, and that's helping me to be a little bit more accountable when it comes to the quality of my organization and my communication via mainly email. Emailing for some reason, like, it, it's, it's a whole can of worms. I won't get into all the details, but there's a lot of information and business dealings that I have to manage. And that requires sending a lot of emails with a good bit of information and making sure all the information is 
uh, correct and structured clearly for the you know client or the customer to understand, right? And there's a lot of nuance to it that I didn't think about until having this conversation earlier today. Uh, so that's really important to be aware of is understanding the nuances of why you do what you do when you're communicating via email. I would say overall, it's easier for me to communicate verbally, whether it be online uh, or in person versus via email. And that's another aspect of this organization and communication aspect that I'm trying to uh, learn and improve. The last thing that I want to talk about is the Kalamazoo fighting game community. Now, some of you know, some of you don't, that I am the founder of the Kalamazoo fighting game community, the KZU FGC. That's an organization where we talk about fighting games, we run tournaments, both online and offline, and we just try to help each other get better at fighting games. Uh, that has been something that I've been working with for, shoot, years now. I don't even know how long, like since 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh, so it's been around for a while, and I've been less active because I've been working on my career since this pandemic happened. For a while, I was hosting online tournaments during the pandemic, but I finally stepped down and gave that responsibility to a couple other young guys that are really awesome and have been doing a great job. And there's also another tournament online. Uh, these are called Mighty Modem Mondays, by the way. Uh, we do this every Monday around 8 or 9 o'clock. There's Street Fighter V and Guilty Gear Plus R. I'm not a Plus R guy myself, but there's a guy named AG42. Uh, he runs it. I can put links down below for the Discord. That's where we have all of our information. So if you're interested in competing in fighting games or finding players that are interested in that, uh, our Discord is mostly Guilty Gear Strive these days, but in terms of the tournaments that we host, uh, they're Guilty Gear Plus R and Street Fighter V. Uh, and probably six once that comes out, maybe Tekken if we have enough people passionate about it. But my point is, there's a lot of people there in that community that just play fighting games and maybe don't enter. So you can go in there and find players to play matches with or enter some tournaments to test yourself, talk to people to get some feedback. Uh, we have like a personal development chat as well just to talk about philosophy and things of that nature. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend it. If you're into fighting games or you're curious about fighting games, there's a lot of people who love teaching new players fighting games, including myself. So I encourage you to join that Discord, join the community. You don't have to be from Kalamazoo to be in the KZU FGC, just to clarify. Uh, it's an online community now, as much as much as it is an offline community. We do have in-person events that we're planning currently. Uh, I will give more information on those in the future. But for now, make sure you guys check it out. Also, follow us on Twitter. I'll make sure to post that in the description as well. All right, so let's dig into this main topic. I've already mentioned CRL, Collegiate Rocket League. That is the tournament held by the people who... One, created the game Rocket League, and two, do the production and run, the, organize, run and organize the tournament for RLCS. That's the Rocket League Championship Series. That's the pro leagues right there. That's the highest of the high. That's the best of the best. That's that tournament. Those people also do CRL. That translates to the best schools versus the best schools, best colleges, universities. I mentioned we qualified for that, so we're going to be playing in the top 16 on the East side, right? We're doing online matches, but playing all the best schools in the East, and uh, there are some really good teams that we've, we we follow Collegiate Rocket League, all of the players and myself, and uh, there's some really strong schools, and it's crazy, you know, seeing these players that are on, you know, the stream on Twitch, on the official Twitch channel, playing against these other schools. A lot of them are former pros or current pros that play in the pro series as well. So these are literal pros playing on the collegiate level as well. It's kind of a weird dynamic, but it's important to understand that. 
Now, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about GLCRL. That's the Great Lakes Collegiate Rocket League. That is more focused on the Midwest, primarily Michigan, but a couple other areas as well. This tournament is hosted by a, a group of people that, you know, just doing it out of the passion of their heart. I think, you know, they're probably losing money on this kind of event, but it's ran pretty well. And it's similar to CRL in that sense that you have to qualify and you enter tournaments to get a certain amount of points. Uh, there's one that had like a qualifier phase. And that was the most interesting part I want to focus on for right now. Uh, I have an A team and a B team. I hate to use that term, but that's on paper what it looks like. We have WMU Gold, which is the A team. WMU Brown is the B team. Uh, it's filled up with a really cool group of players. Primarily, it is Redu, Corbin, and Rocco. I'm going to use their gamer tags. I feel weird giving people's government names uh, on podcasts. So we're going to stick the gamer tags. Sorry, you got to get used to it. So those three players make up the Brown team. And I hadn't spent a lot of individual time with them. And to make this make a little bit more sense as to why this is important for me, this goes back to the conversation of my legitimacy as a coach. Now, my team qualified for CRL, super happy, super excited, a little bit of confidence boost, right? But I tend to be someone who's very hard on themselves. And so my logic will go to, yeah, but do you just have really strong players? How much of your coaching was actually relevant in this? And I can argue that and debate that pretty well on both sides, right? So what happens is I end up being neutral, but that thought is still there. Am I a good coach, right? Not terribly so, but it's present. You know, it's in the voice in the back of your head nagging you to do your homework, right? Or go clean your room, that sort of thing. So working with this team to qualify, they had to play like six matches, I believe, to qualify. And that was our goal. And I worked with that team. We watched VODs. We talked about the strategy. We talked about the opponents and how to counter their play style. And I saw that growth in real time. It was it either more proud or as proud or happy as, as excited as when our team qualified for CRL. Like it was that level of excitement for me. Maybe, you know, GLCRL isn't as big, but they had to play some fairly decent teams, fairly strong teams to, in, order to, in order to get there. So working with a second team and helping them achieve a goal in terms of their placement in the bracket, it felt like more validation that, you know, it wasn't just a fluke that my team is good. I, again, I still think a lot of the work has to go to the players themselves. A lot of the credit needs to go to the players because they're putting in the work. I'm just helping to guide, right? A coach helps you get from point A to point B, like a stagecoach. That's what we're supposed to do. And I feel like I'm understanding my role as a coach, my style of coaching. And it does incorporate a lot of life coaching, but it's not just life coaching. I don't know a better term than performance coaching because it's not the touchy-feely stuff all the time. It's not like digging into your feelings and and like super talking about that. There is some of that if it's needed. But the main thing is helping the player get in a mental state to be able to do what they need to do to win. Like that's the most simple way that I can explain coaching. How I get there has become an enjoyable process. A big chunk of what I do is to help them understand what needs to be done in order to play well. Now, that's that sounds pretty simple, but the thing is, is that there's a lot of distractions that happen, both on the court and off the court. 
metaphorically speaking. When you're in-game, it's very easy to get flustered, to get frustrated, to get disoriented, to be discouraged, right? To be apathetic, to be angry, to be sloppy. And your mind goes to all these places, let alone when you're playing with two other players, there's a lot to manage outside of just playing the game if you're not disciplined with your mental. So a big part of what I do is to help them recognize what they're doing versus what they want to be doing and discipline their mind to remain focused on only the things that are relevant to what they need to do. Every individual player has different needs in that area. So a big chunk of it is first understanding what that is, that barrier, that block, or that bad habit, whatever it may be. Understanding what it is and why it's there. Sometimes the why isn't super important as long as both players are mutually... I say players, but I mean the player and the coach, or whoever the person that is that's talking to them. As long as both parties are open and honest, non-judgmental, and focused on the goal, right? Focus on the goal. That's the big thing. Getting better at Rocket League is what we're talking about right now. Now, getting better at Rocket League isn't an individual thing. At the level that these players are at, it's more about the strategy, more about the, you know, less about the execution. Like, that's important. That's a prerequisite, right? You need to have good mechanics to get to this level for the most part. Uh, or... Very good accuracy. <laughs> One of those things, or, or placement. You know, there's a, there's a couple of things that you can specialize in. But overall, mechanics, how you move your car, how you get your car to do the thing what, that it needs to do, right? That's basically mechanics. I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about where are you? What are you expecting? How well are you reading the ball? How well are you reading your opponent? How aware are you of their play style? How aware are you on your own play style, your team's play style, how aware are you of your teammates, where they are, what they want to do, what they want from you? Like, these are the things that are important to be aware of. And if you're aware of those things, you're going to make better decisions. But a lot of people have a hard time staying focused on those things because, you know, they're, they're teenagers and in their early 20s, they don't have that level of mental discipline all the time to be able to focus on these things. You know, insecurities pop up, frustrations pop up, fear pops up. And that has to be managed, but it's hard to just say, hey, stop sweating it, right? Like that's, yes, that's obvious, but how do you get there? How do you help them get there? That is my approach to pretty much everything. Now, on the other end, it is important, I think, to have some practical guidance. I'm lucky to be in a situation where I have a lot of game knowledge, not just Rocket League, but overall game knowledge and, and competitive knowledge from commentary, from competing, from working on video games, designing a fighting game, being an animator, being a project lead. A lot of this experience I have that has nothing to do with actually playing the game, but some of it does. And I'm able to, you know, watch those VODs and give them feedback. And the thing that's important is that I'm not a great player at Rocket League. I am pretty low-ranked compared to all the players. All of them are just light years ahead of what I can do in Rocket League right now. So it's important to be aware that that limitation can limit your knowledge, your awareness of certain concepts. So I'm not so arrogant to think that I know everything, but I can explain what I notice so well that it's pretty much irrefutable. And if it is irrefutable, if it is arguable, whatever the term is, then they are honest enough and open enough to tell me that they disagree. Right? That right there is what makes the relationship very powerful because I'm able to understand when 
I might be wrong or my, I might be off on my decision-making or my assessment. But when I'm right, and it's something they don't recognize or maybe they don't put it as clearly, it helps them make things tangible. Uh, and sometimes that, a lot of that actually is teamwork-based uh, because players have different play styles. I have one player in particular that's really awesome uh, but has more of a freestyle play style. He plays by himself a lot with you know, just random teammates. And it's hard to explain this, but you know, imagine playing on a team in school, like at, for a school, and you're working with your teammates, right? You have a, a dedicated team that you always play with versus just always playing pickup basketball, so your team is always going to be different every time. You're probably not going to know these people at all. A lot of them are probably going to be jerks. You know, it, that's the difference. So the level of skill, the level of competitiveness is completely different. Like, it might be a great match, but collegiate and pro series tournaments are going to always have better quality of opponents, in my opinion. Uh, there's going to be more consistency as well. And when you're conditioning yourself to play with randos all the time, uh, you, you sort of have to play a little bit different. You can't make the same decisions that you can make when you're working with a team that knows how you play and you know how they play uh, and you guys have a common goal. That's just different. So his muscle for working with an actual team, a structured team, is just so different that his skills aren't always able to shine. But, again, part of my job is helping that team cohesion work with his play style rather than work against his play style. Help him understand his teammates and help his teammates understand him and how they can work together. What are their strengths? What can we do? Because that honesty is there, because that openness and that non-judgment is there, that conversation is usually pretty productive. And we just start nerding out about Rocket League, right? We start talking about how the teammates play and like what their you know, strengths are, how to utilize that, what the opponents are doing, how do we counter that kind of stuff, um, you know, recognizing specific things and situations and adjusting to those things. Like, it's really fun to nerd out on that stuff and not really focus on, you know, dumb drama stuff or giving people a hard time because they made mistakes. Like, our team, I, I don't care if they lose, right? I, I do care in the sense that it sucks and I feel bad for them. However, the only thing that I want from players is to play at their best, right? If they're playing at their best and giving it their all and they lose, then they should be in the mental space to take that loss and turn that into a learning opportunity. And these players are. You know, they're playing against literal pros now. You know, they, they lost the match yesterday. Um, but, like, they were just excited at how well they did. So they're already there, right? But that's, that's the thing is you have to help players want to be in that mindset of when you lose to a strong team, that's never a bad thing. That's a learning opportunity. You want to play the strongest players as long as you're in the right space to be able to accept what happened and move on from there, grow from there. I, I sound a little bit passionate about this because I am. I'm not saying that my way is the right way or the only way. I'm just saying this is what I'm doing and this is what I think has led to the success of our team. Again, the big part of it is just they're strong. But the reason I'm talking about the B team is because they weren't as strong, but they're getting stronger. And I'm seeing that evolution a little bit clearer because, you know, that. They were at a certain level that, you know, was familiar. But seeing them play against stronger and stronger teams, because we're competing now, the thing was they didn't get a chance to really compete in the MAC League because they only had or allowed one team. Uh, we have two teams, so the whole first, you know, fall semester, they weren't competing in anything. They were just playing matches online and stuff like that. So their tournament experience wasn't even that great. But then they entered this tournament 
I think for the first time, and they qualify for the playoffs. You know, they've entered in CRL and never qualified. But some of these teams that are in this GL CRL, the Great Lakes tournament, they're also qualified in CRL. So we're playing against some of these strong teams in this other tournament as well. And these uh, Brown, the Brown team gets to play as well. So seeing their match, right, they had to run a loser's run. They lost their very first game, right? Unfortunate. Morale wasn't really super broken. They played decent. But what I did was I sat them down. And I was like, let's, let's watch that match. And I love Rocket League so much because the community also has mods and things that make it easy. There is a website called ballchasing.com for any Rocket League players. Uh, I highly recommend you look into it if you're trying to get better at Rocket League. Because what it does is when you put the link from your account into Bacchus Mod, which is a mod for Rocket League that's basically a training tool uh, and more, <laughs> you put it in there, it automatically uploads your file, your match, to this website. And what's cool is you can download the file, but the other thing is they actually have this viewer in the website. So it's like a really, really crude version of all the, the models. So like the cars are like little blocks, like, you know, very polygonal objects. But what it shows you is the positioning. That's the most important thing for what I showed these players. That's what we focused on was positioning. This is where we need to be. This is what you're currently doing. And let's, let's show, like, I'm not hating on you. I'm not flaming you. I'm just showing you this is what you did. This is what you should be doing. And seeing the mistakes they were making or the inefficiencies in their positioning and their strategy or their boost, like watching them go from their first loss to winning five back-to-back -back games on loser side to qualify for playoffs, like seeing that progress in real time of each match, like some of them were really close. They were nail biters. and they, they brought it back every single time. In between matches, if we were losing, we'd talk about, hey, what is happening here? What are they doing? What can we do to counter that? You know, are they being very aggressive? Are they forcing 50s? Are they, you know, being more passive and defensive and just really trying to, you know, punish us when we just full send, you know, triple stack, sending it out there? Yeah, we talk about those things and we figure out the counters that play style. And that growth felt more apparent to me. You know, uh, it, it was more obvious of the interaction and how my place as a coach contributed to their success. And it feels good because it's not about me. It's about helping them see their potential. Like, the way I see it is that players have this potential. People have this potential. And a lot of people struggle to attain it. And a lot of other people struggle to see it, right? And either one of those issues, let alone both, uh, it, it's, it can be hard to make progress consistently. It's really easy to plateau. It, it's easy to not recognize what you need to do or what you're doing that needs to be improved. Recognizing those two things. like One is building the habit of actually working on the skill you need to improve uh, or you know, tactic that you need to employ more consistently. And it's another thing to recognize it in the first place. So... Both of those things are incredibly important, and they were able to all do that together as a team and qualify for playoffs. And I was just incredibly proud, right? It, it was entertaining, too. Uh, I am an enthusiast of competitive games, so watching them play, I, I'm just, you know, I'm popping off. I'm, I'm yelling. I'm celebrating. I'm fist bumping these guys. I'm just giving them words of encouragement because they're doing such a good job. And again, 
It's because they're applying themselves. It's not just because of the winning. The mental, what they're showing me. That is the part that is important to take note of and to appreciate. For me. So that day ended very happy. And, you know, when I got home, I just was able to think on that a little bit and let myself go in terms of my expectations of a coach and just focus on the process and the end goal rather than worrying about how I'm doing one way or the other. As long as I'm giving myself constructive feedback and getting results, the results and the feedback that I'm getting from the players will help me as a coach go in the right direction. I still have much to learn when it comes to being a coach, and I look forward to that process. I look forward to the growth. Coaching is only one part of my job, but it is a very rewarding part of my job. When I first took on the responsibility, I was kind of excited, but also nervous because there's just so much that I had to do that I wasn't sure I'd be able to give these players the attention they needed. And for the most part, I am a very hands-off coach, and I let them structure the practices the way they want to and the scrims and things of that nature. Uh, but when I don't see the results that I want, that's usually when I'll step in and, and work with the team and talk to them, do some one-on-ones, do some group conversations, play some matches with them. So it's good to see that you know I'm making progress in that area and that it, a little bit of stress is relieved. I feel more like I have a process that I can rely on so that I can focus on my mental creativity on other areas because I can't always be in a creative mode. I have to be in like a process mode sometimes and just get the structure down. And coaching in reflection, I'm glad I have that job now because it helps the other parts of my job a little bit easier. I don't like to think of it this way, but success does bring attention. Success does bring eyes. And we are getting more attention. Stronger teams want to play against us. More organizations are recognizing us on social media and interacting with us. Uh, we're getting more you know, attention and offers, potentially more partnerships. And so it helps me hit other goals as well. And I'm able to help these kids, you know, get highlighted, get attention of their own, you know, build their confidence. While feeling comfortable because I have a process that I can rely on and move to other things like I talked about earlier with the organization. Uh, I can say that for myself, it's really easy to dwell on the things that I'm not doing or not achieving. And it's really easy to miss the things that I am achieving. So I try to make sure I give myself a little bit of space and take time to celebrate those victories. I encourage you guys to do the same. If you're not doing the things that you want to do, if you're not hitting the goals that you want to hit, beating yourself up isn't the solution. You know, that's actually helping you get farther away from your goal. Letting go of failure and learning from it, while also celebrating your victories, however small they may be, is, in my opinion, one step closer to finding what I would call inner peace. And that inner peace allows you to play at your best or closer to playing at your best. So that's where I'll leave this episode. I would love some feedback from you. Let me know what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do things not make sense? Would love some interaction from you guys. Make sure you check that out. I'll also have those links in there, as I mentioned before, for 
you know, the Discord, for the club, for the stream, for the fighting game community, for the club community for Western. Make sure you guys check out those resources and hit me up for a conversation. Let me know if you have any topics you want to talk about or maybe dig deeper into something more specific. Would love to hear from you. Would love that feedback. Keep it coming. It means a lot. Thank you guys so much. And as always, I will see you all in the next one.